morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, today is our last week in Lamentations, uh, so please turn in your Bibles to uh, Lamentations 5. Um, now, this book of Lamentations is a guide for how God wants Christians to bring our mourning to him in, in lament. And throughout the past couple of weeks, we, we've been learning how to lament and, and the purpose of lament. You know, it's so crucial that the Christians learn how to lament to God because we will all face suffering in different ways and at different points in our faith journey. And lament gives believers the spiritual resources to, to cope with our times of despair and suffering and to keep worshiping God in the blackest of, of days. And, and this is so true, especially uh, right now with, with everything we're facing in the city uh, with, with the restrictions of COVID. It's so important that we bring our griefs and lament before God. Uh, a lot has been covered over the past few weeks. Uh, so before we look at this last chapter, uh, let's summarize what we've been taught so far. So I'm going to uh, answer a few basic questions about lament that, that we've uh, uh, learned over the past couple of weeks. And, and the first question is, you know, what, what is lament? What is lament? And, and lament is a prayer that brings all questions of suffering and grief to God and trust. Lament is prayer that brings all grief and questions of suffering to God in trust. Uh, the, the second question is, how do you lament? How do you lament? Well, lament, first, you voice all of your suffering and loss to God. And, and you trust God through the silence when he doesn't seem to be answering. To lament, you need to persevere through the, the long process that lament takes. And this brings us to the, to the next question. Well, what does lament feel like? You know, what's that experience of lament like? Well, well, it's a process with no easy resolution. You know, there are many ups and, and, and downs, at times when you feel like you're getting better only for it to get worse. It, it's a repetitive process where you don't just go to God once with what you're going through, but you continue to go back to him again and again and again. Uh, lament often feels pointless. You, know, you don't feel like it's doing anything to help your situation. You, know, you, you feel like your prayers aren't being heard, like, like God is, is far away or, or, or he's non-existent. But God is there and, and, and he is doing something. Uh, which brings us to, to the last question. You know, what does lament do? What does lament do? Well, well, first, lament, it restores hope to our hearts in the darkest situations. It allows us to see that our circumstances aren't hopeless. You know, they're not, they're not beyond saving. You know, God's grace is present to, to point the way out of our darkness. A second, uh, lament gives us spiritual strength to keep trusting God. And, and as we hold on to God and trust, a lament actually brings us closer to him. It, it focuses our hearts on who God is. It helps us to understand his love and mercy in a deeper way. It reveals our need for God. You know, it, it, it cleanses us of our self-reliance. It, it exposes the sin and idols in our hearts. 
so so far so far in our series you know we've answered these basic questions you know what is lament how do you lament what does lament feel like what what does lament do uh, the main focus for for today's message this final message is is the purpose of lament the purpose of lament and, and in this passage uh, it'll also help us to, to see a couple more details crucial details about how to lament so, so please turn, turn in your Bibles to Lamentations 5. Um, you know, in, in this final chapter, you know, all the things that the people have been mourning about are put together in a prayer. And this is a, is, is a communal prayer meant for the whole community to cry out to God together. You know, the, the people praying in this passage uh, are the Israelites who have been left behind after the invasion and exile of the country. So, so follow along as I read this final chapter, starting from verse one. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless, our mothers are widows. We must pay for the water we drink. The wood we get must be bought. Our pursuers are at our next. We are weary. We are given no rest. We have given the hand to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more, and we bear their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the peril of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is as hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine. Women are, are raped in Zion, young women in the towns of Judah. Princes are hung up by their hands. No respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill and boys stagger under loads of wood. The old men have left the city gate, the young men their music, the joy of our hearts ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, we have sinned. For this, our heart has become sick. And these things, our eyes have grown dim. For Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. Unless you have utterly rejected us and remain exceedingly angry with us. You know, when was the when was the last time you cried out to God with your griefs and sorrows? What was the experience like? You know, crying out to God is something Christians should do regularly. But there are times in life that are especially dark and difficult, you know, where crying out to God seems to be the only thing you can do. I, know I personally can distinctly recall a couple of these, especially dark times in my own faith journey. And, and during these times, I could barely 
hold myself together to get through the day. You know, I, I would come home and, and collapse on the bed and groan in my pillow. You know, I didn't want to be around anyone. I would shut myself in my room and, and turn off the lights. I, I didn't really eat much food. I, I lost motivation to, to do anything. You know, I constantly felt like a weight was you know, pushing down on my heart. It, it felt painful to, to even you know, be alive. And the only thing that I thought I could do was pray and read the Bible and, and sing songs of worship to God. And, and I would do those things until I got tired enough to, to fall asleep. And June, you know, those periods, you know, I didn't feel one bit blessed. God did not feel close. But looking back at these times years later, these times were actually the times where God's goodness and love were most memorable and real to me, looking back. And, and ironically, a, a part of me misses those times of, of crying out to God in lament. Now, now this isn't always the case. But sometimes our dark periods remain a mystery to us. You know, you know, we cry out to God, but we look back and it didn't seem like he did us any good there. You know, perhaps some of us feel like we've been in a dark period that has lasted for years and years and we're losing heart to, to continue to cry out to God. And, and if that's you, then you know exactly how the Israelites feel at the end of this book of Lamentations. You know, they've done all that they can to cry out to God. They've thrown all their trust in him. But at the end of all of that, they still haven't experienced any of God's restoration that they had prayed for. That there's still uncertainty because nothing observable has happened in their circumstances. But the end of Lamentations isn't the end of the story. It's not the end of the Bible. It's an important part of the story. It's the point where the Israelites finally let God do what he wanted to do through them all along, where they let him establish a king, where they let him rule their hearts like he wanted them to. And it's actually from this lowest point in Israelites' history and life that God is able to move his plan forward of saving not only the Jewish people, but the whole world by sending Jesus. Because the reality is, God was answering their prayer, and God did answer their prayer. But how he was answering their prayer was so great and awesome that it took time to recognize what that was. And that brings us to the main point for this morning. Lament turns hearts to let God transform suffering into beautiful demonstrations of grace. Lament turns hearts to let God, to let God transform suffering into beautiful demonstrations of grace. You know, before God could restore the Israelites from the horrible effects of sin, the Israelites had to be in a place where they let God restore them. One uh, traumatic moment for me as a kid 
was getting a splinter in, in my finger. So I don't remember how exactly I got it. I think I was doing something stupid, like I was rubbing my hands to, uh, over a wooden pole for fun. Uh, but either way, I, I ended up with, with a small sliver of wood like stuck in my finger and, and it hurt a lot. Uh, so I'm crying out because of the pain. Uh, my mom takes a look. She brings out a pair of tweezers to, to remove it. Uh, but as soon as it touches me, like the pain gets worse. So I, I shrink back. And, and from that point on, I wouldn't let anyone you know touch my finger to take the splinter out. You know, I would hold my finger close to my chest to protect it. Um, and I actually think this went on for quite some time, a few hours, maybe, maybe a couple of days. Uh, I would just like not let anybody close to my finger. And, and my parents actually had to slowly convince me to talk to me, to explain what they're going to be doing, to get me to trust them enough where I was willing to, you know, open my hand and extend it to them for them to actually remove that splinter. You know, lament is a process that causes a deep change in the heart of a person. It brings people who are shutting God out from their hurts and problems to open their wounds for him to heal. Uh, lament brings Christians to the point where we allow God to do the work of restoration that he wants to do in us. And this is exactly what happened to the Israelites in this last chapter of Lamentations. You know, this, this chapter describes a people broken and, and humbled, who instead of turning away from God, turn completely towards him. You know, they come to a place where they go to God with their hearts and their hands wide open. They tell God exactly how they are hurting and ask God to restore them. But they put all of their trust in God for salvation. And, and the rest of this passage, you know, tells us how lament brings people to a place where we finally let God do his work in us. So we're going to look at three ways that lament transforms our heart. And the first thing that, that lament does is it brings us to trust that God cares about every aspect of our suffering. So if you look at verses 2 to 18, uh, the Israelites are able to directly and plainly tell God everything that they're suffering. Now, these verses summarize all of those hurts for the past four chapters. Now, the Israelites tell God their external situation. Uh, they've been taken over by foreign people. They have no power. They've lost family members. They, they don't own anything anymore in verse four. No, they, they actually have to pay for everything, e even water from wells that they dug themselves. Uh, verse six, they've lost all dignity. They've been reduced to begging other nations for help. Uh, verse seven, people who they once had control over now control them. Uh, verse nine, uh, to get food, they actually have to risk their lives in the wilderness. At verse 10, this difficulty to, to get food leads to sickness and, and fever because of hunger. At verse 11, women have been raped by their attackers. Verse 12, uh, princes or, or rulers have been hung up to die. At verse 13, 
uh, young men have become slaves who do the work that animals would do. So the Israelites bring to God all of the external things that are causing them to suffer. In verses 15 to 18, they bring all of their internal suffering to God. You know, they have no joy. Their hearts feel sick. Their eyes are dim. You know, this means they become so weak that life feels dull and, and meaningless to them. So in this final prayer, the focus isn't so much on pouring out feelings to God. It's about telling God clearly and concisely the troubles that are happening. This final prayer comes from somebody who has gone through the difficult process of visiting past hurts again and again, who know them so well that they can list out exactly what they are. And these hurts are not easy to, to bring up in any way. But the Israelites come to a place where they're able to tell God their hurts, where they're able to trust God that, that he deeply cares about every aspect of their suffering. And because of that, they hold nothing back from him. You know, my son Emery has been uh, starting to talk more and more. Uh, his vocabulary is uh, expanding quite fast. And this got me to think back to uh, when my younger brother started to talk and what that was like to maybe give me a reference point. So my, my younger brother, uh, was actually like the quietest baby uh, in the family. Like he didn't make a sound. He, he's definitely more quiet than, than Emery. Uh, but the day he actually learned to talk, you know, he learned to form full sentences. Uh, he, he wouldn't stop. You know, he would talk so much to the point that it would get annoying. <laughs> You know, kids tend to talk and share about their experiences in great detail. Oh, when they get hurt, uh, they don't just tell you where it hurts. They tell you how they got, they got hurt, when they got hurt, why they got hurt, and, and what they feel about it. And, and, and as adults listening, uh, many times we're not as engaged or attentive, or we, we don't care as much as we should. But, but this isn't the case with God. He cares about every detail of our lives, especially our times of suffering. And when a Christian comes to trust that God cares for our suffering as a father to a child, the natural response is to share every aspect of it with him. But more often than not, this isn't, isn't the case. You know, we, we don't care. We don't trust that God cares about all of our hurts. And we sort of make two common mistakes. You know, one mistake is to believe that our current problems are too small for God to care about. You know, we compare our sufferings with those who are really going through hard times in our judgment. And we feel guilty that, that our first world problems cause us so much trouble. You know, it seems silly to complain about a cold when people are dying from COVID in the hospital. So in our hearts, we have the wrong idea that God's care only extends to those whose suffering reaches like a certain level of pain. We believe that we have to suffer to a certain degree. We have to earn God's care for us through, the way, through how much we suffer. But this is completely wrong. 
another common mistake we make is, is to believe that our suffering is, is so great, it is so big that God wouldn't understand it. You know, God is up there in heaven. What does he know about what I'm going through down here on earth? But this is also wrong because God cares about every aspect of human suffering. He knows about every aspect. Now, as Christians, we have this assurance in the truth that God became a man to suffer for us and with us. And this process of lament brings us to the point where we trust that God truly cares for us and every aspect of our suffering, no matter what it is. When we trust that God cares, we tell him exactly where it hurts. Now, now the next thing the lament does for our hearts is that, is that it brings us to trust that God is able and wants to restore us. You know, before and after listing all the hurts to God in verses 2 to 18 of our passage, the Israelites boldly ask God to intervene and to do something about it. So you take a look at verse 1, chapter 5, verse 1. It starts with three bold petitions to ask God to, to remember, to look, and see the suffering that the Israelites are about to tell him about. And these three words are written in a way as if to almost demand that God does these things. The petition for God to remember isn't, you know, just, you know, recalling what's happened. You know, the word remember here means to do something about what you've remembered. You know, it's like when you tell somebody, I'll, I'll remember your birthday. You're not just saying, I'll remember it was your birthday. It's, it's saying, I'm going to do something about that day. I'm going to send you a message. I'm going to give you a gift. But when God remembers, he acts on the situation that's been brought to him. The Israelites are asking God to fix their situation. And this bold petition shows their trust in God. You know, despite how bad their situation is, despite the fact that it was their own sin that led them to their current situation, they trust that God is able and wants to restore them. So that in verse 19, right after listing out the severe nature of their suffering, the Israelites look to God as the one who is able to reverse the situation. Now, God is a God who, who reigns forever. His power and rule extends for generations and generations. Now, in other words, God is powerful enough to help the Israelites. And, and in verse 20, after acknowledging God is able to help them, the Israelites then ask God, why aren't you helping us? No. Why do you forget us? Why do you forsake us for so many days? In other words, they're asking God, why are you, are you treating us like we don't exist? Why aren't you doing anything about our suffering? No, what would give the Israelites such boldness to question God for not doing anything about their suffering? Because in verse 16, and I've just mentioned, they, they just admitted that their situation has come about as a result of their own sin. You know, th this verse in verse 20 is basically saying, you know, God, it, it's our fault we're in this mess. Why aren't you fixing it? Uh, God, why aren't you 
fixing the problem that I created. You know, God, clean my mess up. You know, this is such a bold and shameless request. But it's the right request. It's the type of request that, that people who truly know God make. Verse 20 is, is questioning God based on who he is, not on who people are. The, the people are asking God, what kind of king are you? Now, aren't you a God? Aren't you a king whose steadfast love never ceases? Who, whose mercies are new every morning? Whose faithfulness is great? Who is kind and compassionate? Aren't you a God who mercifully and graciously helps people who are suffering because of their own sin? Are you a God who is compassionate, okay with leaving us in our misery? See, the people know that the answer is that God is compassionate and he doesn't want to leave them in their state. God wants to restore them. That's who he is. And so they boldly petition God on what they know of his awesome character. Anyway, if any person asked us this question, we would be offended. Hey, please clean up my own mess. But God is not like a person. His compassion and his mercy means he is delighted for people to come to him to fix their mess. God is a God who is able to restore and who wants to restore. Lament connects our present suffering to who God is. Lament causes us to look beyond our present circumstance and to see the God in the midst of it, the God who is over all of it. The God is the all-powerful, all-sovereign king of the universe. He rules over all generations and all moments of life. He's the God who is kind and compassionate, and the character of his rule is expressed in how he rules sovereignly over our lives. See, when people suffer, they make the mistake of equating who God is to their present circumstance. Now, our view of God and suffering is very narrow. We have blinders that only allow us to you know, focus on one spot. But through lament, we see the bigger picture of who God is and what he's doing. Now, he, he's not a malicious God who enjoys making us suffer for our sin. He, he is a God who wants to remove the splinter from our finger. And though that process hurts in that present moment, it's because ultimately God cares for us and he wants to restore us. Lament brings the eyes of our heart that were blinded by suffering to see God as he truly is. And when we do, it makes us realize it doesn't make sense that God's just going to leave us in our present condition and do nothing about our suffering. It's not consistent with who he is. So I want us to take some time to reflect. What are you suffering from this morning? What are the small things that are causing you pain? What are the big things that, that are causing your heart to ache? What are you suffering from this morning?
know, are, are you boldly and shamelessly crying out to God to do something about your suffering? If not, what's holding you back from crying out to God for help? No, perhaps you don't feel like you deserve God's help. Perhaps you don't believe that God wants to help. Or maybe you don't believe that God is able to help. The truth is, none of us deserves God's help. But God wants to help because of who he is. We need to let him. We need to be in that place of trust. You know, God wants us to keep going to him again and again until we, we trust him. You know, he wants to show you who he is right in this moment of your struggle. And, and, and he's willing to wait with you, to suffer with you until you're finally ready to, to extend your hand out to him in trust. Are you willing to just go to him with all of your doubts and questions? The last thing that lament does for us is that it brings us to a place where, where we believe that true restoration is found in God alone. So take a look at verse 21. This verse tells us exactly what the Israelites wanted God to do. They want him to restore them back to himself. You know, out of all the things that the Israelites could have asked God to do, they ask him to restore themselves to him. You know, the Israelites have just listed out a series of very, very serious problems, like, like, like rape, being hanged to die. But the first thing they ask God for isn't to fix their external situation. You know, they don't ask God, please ease our pain. Please give us back our houses. Please give us enough food so we stop getting sick. The first thing they ask for is, God, restore us to yourself. In other words, please put us back into right relationship with you. Please reconcile us to yourself. And alongside this comes the recognition that only God can restore. Restore us to yourself that we may be restored, that we may return. No, unless God does the work of restoring there is no other way to be restored. Restoration with God is the start of all restoration. The beginning of all of humanity's suffering came from that breaking of our relationship with God. The solution to solving all suffering once and for all is to be made right with God again. The lament brings us to the place where we realize the spiritual problem behind the physical suffering. And when we do that, it leads us to desire the right solution. All the losses that are suffered in life are ultimately found by being restored to the God that we have lost. You know, contrary to what we might think in the moment, the restoration isn't found by getting back the exact thing that was lost. You know, you know, the money that was lost, the comfort that was lost, the healthy body that was lost, the people who were lost. All of this is brought back in finding the God who was lost. 
and in lament we come to find and to seek out the true source of restoration. It's in this right relationship with God that everything else is restored to us. And so the second request in verse 21 is, God, renew our days as of old. God, renew, renew our days as of old. And what are these days of old? Now, these days of old are, are referring to the times of prosperity and blessing of the past that was enjoyed through being in right relationship with God. One of those points for the Israelites was during the reign of King Solomon. Now, during this time, the people enjoyed worshiping and fellowshipping with God in the temple. Now, they were seeking to follow God's law. And along this came a blessing of immense prosperity and wealth. Now, they were the strongest nation of that time. But going even farther back, you know, days of old ultimately refers to the time when humanity enjoyed unrestricted fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. You know, here we experience not just material blessing, but we experience the, the blessing of eternal life. So to summarize our points for this morning, all together, uh, lament trusts that God cares about every aspect of our suffering. Lament trusts that God is able and wants to restore. Lament believes true restoration is found in God alone. It's through these internal heart changes that brings us back to our main point. That lament turns our hearts to let God transform suffering into beautiful demonstrations of grace. Lamentations ends with the Israelites stretching out their hands to God in trust for him to restore. But God had not responded yet. But again, that's not the end of the story. But God did answer the cries of the Israelites to restore them to himself. And that answer was ultimately given in Jesus Christ. You know, when we look in this passage and we look at the state of suffering that the Israelites experienced, when we look at the state of suffering in the world today, you know, it, it's a situation beyond human ability to restore. It's not possible for the scars that humanity left to completely heal. You know, humanity is going to live with the fear and distrust and division that this pe pandemic has brought for, for generations to come. You know, the situation of Israel was one that completely killed and destroyed the life of the Jewish people as they knew it. You know, they would never be the same again, even when they were brought back from exile. You know, when we think about human suffering, it causes us to wonder how can it possibly be turned into good? But what is impossible with man is possible with God. You know, at the cross, God proved once and for all that he is able and he wants to bring restoration greater than what we can imagine. On the cross, Jesus took on all the sin and suffering of the world on himself. All the sufferings described in lamentations and more are, are, are really the sufferings of Jesus. And though these sufferings marred and disfigured Jesus beyond recognition and left him dead, 
God was able to restore him from this impossible state. God was able to raise Jesus back to life with a body far more glorious than his previous one. And this restoration from the dead is God's answer to the prayers of the Israelites for, for hundreds of years before in Lamentations 5. Though through Jesus, God can forgive all people of their sin and restore them to himself. At the cross, God overcame all suffering and he turned it into glory. The same ugly sufferings of Jesus becomes our beautiful situation so that we sing and worship the wonderful cross, the wonderful cross. God transforms suffering into beautiful demonstrations of his grace. And what God has done in Jesus is what he's going to do for each person who places their faith in him. Now, in this world, we will face suffering, but God's plan to restore us from it all is so much greater. We're going to get so much more back in the end. We just need to be in that place of stretching out our hands to him in trust. Lament gives us the right narrative to understand our suffering in. It helps us to see it in light of the hope of the gospel. Because one day there will be a new heavens and earth that we will inherit. One day there's going to be a new Jerusalem shining with God's glory that we will all be citizens of. As a church, you know, we've gone through so many seasons of grief and there's going to continue to be many more seasons of grief. But in Jesus, these griefs will not remain. They're going to be transformed into beautiful demonstrations of God's grace in the end. So, so I want us to end our, our time through praying a prayer of lament together. So wherever you are right now, um, just, just close your eyes and let's go to God together as, as a community to just bring up to him the things that have been troubling us, that have been grieving us uh, the, past, the past couple months, the past year. Holy Spirit, right now, would you, would you speak to us, Lord? Would you just bring into our hearts, into our minds, Lord, those pains that we've been holding back? Help us to face those pains, Lord Jesus. We come to you this morning and Lord, we are so, so sad. We are so grieved at not being able to see one another in person. We're so sad that people are leaving our congregation and we're not able to say bye to them in person. Um, you know, we're so sad that we're going to be missing these people for various reasons uh, who are um, not going to be uh, in Hong Kong anymore. Um, Lord, we're so sad over that. We, we miss them, God. You know, we feel so much fear and anxiety in the city. You know, just the thoughts of people around us, the negativity is, is really affecting us, Lord, causing us to lose heart, causing us to feel sad when we know we shouldn't. Lord, we grieve over just the businesses that are suffering right now, Lord, just the, those who have not been able to have income in the city for, for the past couple months because of the restrictions, Lord, families who are suffering, God. Lord, we are so, so helpless. We don't know how the situation can be resolved. 
God, we, we, we're just uh, so uh, grieved over those in the hospital who are, who are alone and isolated in our community, God. Those who haven't been able to leave their houses for you know the past two years. Um, yeah, those who feel so alone in our midst, God. We just want to lift that all to you right now. Lord, would you restore us? Would you renew our days, God? Would you bring us back to the time when we were made right with you in the Garden of Eden? Would we experience your goodness in the land of the living? Would you turn our hearts back to you once again? In your name we pray. Amen.